This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. The Leafs live here. Well, that'll uh, figure itself out here as uh, 60 minutes are in the books and the Leafs pick up a win. Matt Murray is 10th on the road and is 14th on the season so far. As the Leafs improve to 43 wins and 95 points on the season and pick up their 18th road win as well. Fine fashion, a lot of it getting done in the second period, but they got in the car and took it home in the third. They certainly did. Todd Crocker with the call there, summing it up 6-2. The Leafs win in Florida over the Panthers. Welcome to the postgame show. Jim Taddy, Frankie Corrado, and Jimmy Ralph handing, uh, standing around or hanging around, whatever, for the first segment. <laughs> <laughs> Made a mess of that. Ralphie, nice enough, uh, though. I mean, regardless, yeah. nice enough for Ralphie yeah. to hang out with us. Yeah, I just stood up, it, it, by it the is. way. Yeah, okay, good. So I, I knew I knew probably you'd do all of it during the course of the segment, so just wanted to cover my tra- tracks. <laughs> 6-2. I mean, that's a pretty good feel-good win and a great response to a 7-2 lo- loss on uh, Tuesday night, Ralphie. Yeah, it's sort of become the norm, hasn't it? That as soon as you get yeah. down and you start thinking, oh, man, I mean, they've got these holes. They've got to fix this. Um, you know, I kind of look back to after, you know, they lost in Vancouver on the Saturday. You're going, oh, no. Now look at who they got coming in. Oh, yeah, it's just Jersey and Carolina. We'll take care of that. <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, it, it seemed to be the typical fashion. And, you know, Florida was on a 6-0-1 run before losing in Philadelphia. Um, you know, a great run to get back into the mix and in, uh, in the Eastern Conference. And uh, even though the Islanders handed the Leafs the last on Tuesday, the Islanders became big Leaf fans tonight. And, um, and what I really liked, and, and Frank, I'm sure you'd agree with this, is the third period. Get a 4-2 lead in the third, and you never felt that, oh, no, here it comes. Here comes yep. Florida. The Leafs are losing their composure. They get one. They And, then, you know, maybe if they bang one in on a redirection or a screenshot, uh, the building comes alive and things change. But I thought it was the perfect road period uh, when you got a two-goal lead where not a lot of excitement at either end of the ice. And eventually, um, you know, off the rush, Alex Kerfoot snaps a 25-game goal of Strout to, to really put it away. There were a few things that were really impressive tonight, Ralphie, but I think you hit the nail on the head there when you talk about the Leafs always being in control in that third period because you know at some point a team like Florida who's been generating a lot at five-on-five and desperate team looking to make the playoffs, you think there's going to be a push. And as much as maybe Florida tried to have a push, it was just as much as the Leafs not letting them back in that game, and it's the timely goal, but even it's the way... You know, they they played defensively. They kind of kept Florida to the outside. And I'm watching this game. I'm thinking, okay, what are they doing different here? Like, what is there anything different that they're doing defensively? It's just a little more attention to detail. Just making sure you're on the right side of your guy. Like, it's kind of like little reminders and stuff that a, a coach will tell you throughout the course of the season. But I thought they did a really nice job of that. Let me ask you this, Ralphie. Like, what's the bigger story for you coming out of this game? Is it the play of Austin Matthews, the two goals, the back checks, the takeaways, using his body, or is it Matt Murray? Because I thought that was a really impressive performance from him as well. Yeah, well, like I said, I think Matt Murray's best save of the year was the second goal. You know, it was it was yeah. uh, incredible. That Well, actually, the one before that, you might want to throw in as well. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, Matt Murray was solid. Um, you know, the goal in the second period maybe got caught a little deep, but uh, um, not great coverage. Uh, Cousins coming off the wall with the backhand. Um, but he made a number of key stops, and, and even if they weren't as difficult, um, 
you know, was uh, on the scale of one to ten, they were timely. He never gave them that goal where you thought, oh no, here here comes Florida now. You know, there there was no crack in the armor. So uh, that was impressive. I mean, six straight games of four goals against. I guess you knew it was probably going to go one way or the other. And unfortunately, from Matt Murray and Lee's standpoint, and, and remember Murray's last game against Florida, or the Leafs' last game against Florida. Uh, Murray gave up four goals and eight shots in about 22 minutes before Samsonov came in and the Leafs uh, on the Nylander goal were able to come back and win it. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll say Matt Murray because I, I think where we expected more from Austin Matthews, um, for Matt Murray, it's like, you know, it's a positive step in, in trying to get two guys ready for the playoffs. I think the Leafs really dealt the cards in this game right from the start. Obviously, they got the first goal of the game, and, and when it was tied, uh, you know, the Leafs come out in, in the second period, get two quick goals, kill off a penalty, and even though Florida cuts it to 3-2, there's that uh, the strange five-on-three, strange because it's the only one they've had all year where they score, and they just they, they always answered. And I like what uh, Frankie said about being defensively responsible. Sometimes we get caught up in the offense. But, I mean, they, they really did everything possible tonight, didn't they? Yeah, and, and I, one of the things I like that Frankie said, and we, we hear it so often after Leaf losses, uh, Sheldon Keefe will say they did, they did a good job of keeping us to the outside. And Frankie right. said that's exactly what the Leafs did to Florida. And, um uh, you know, I think it's more impressive when you got the lead that you say, look, we don't get beat wide. We don't give up odd man rushes and, um, you know, do our best to clear the front of the net and let the goalie see it. So uh, that's what I found pretty impressive is the Leafs really, you know, as, as much as the Islanders were able to score some goals off the rush a couple of nights ago, uh, the Leafs really did a good job of, of having numbers back. We saw Matthews on the back check a number of times, steal pucks and take it back the other way. So all in all, you know, um, um, a pretty solid road effort and a, a great bounce back win. You're looking for little things, little victories right now this time of year. Maybe it's the team game, although we kind of know the situation the Leafs have kind of been in for a long time now. But you're also looking for individual performances. And two guys that had good performances tonight, Michael Bunting, Alex Kerfoot. Well documented, Alex Kerfoot hasn't scored since the middle of January. It's been a long time. Really nice for him to get that goal. Michael Bunting as well. It's his 21st of the season, and it almost feels like that's an underachievement with the way the, the season has gone for him. Like, How important it is it for those guys to get on the board right now, heading into this last 11, 12 games, whatever it is left, and getting a little more confidence heading into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I guess you do the same thing coming into the preseason sometimes where you're saying, okay, it, it may not be as important now uh, in the scope of things, but you want to be going into the regular season with at least a little bit of swagger. Um, and I think that's that's the case here. You remember David Kampf went 27 without a game, or 27 games without a goal, uh, and he was able to come off that. So I, I think it is important just so... Uh, you know, you don't get into the third or fourth game of a playoff series and somebody says, oh, no, you know, it's been 39 games since Alex Kerfoot has scored a goal. You know, you you kind of want that slate erased. Yeah. And, 39 um, games is nothing, Ralphie. Yeah. I, I could go like 50, <laughs> 60, no problem. 39 yeah. is a piece of cake. You know what? I'd go 39 seconds without a goal against so and I'd be pretty happy. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, wow. I, I mean, I think, I think it's, it's it's somewhat important, but... Um, I think what you're going to see now, especially what leaves five points up and a couple of games at hand, and although it's not impossible for Tampa to, to catch them for home ice advantage in the first round, both teams are going to be exactly the same. 
probably over the last uh, you know three weeks of the regular season, whereas they might rest guys. Um, I could see from Tampa's standpoint that um, you know what Vasilevsky might play every second night to try to keep him fresh because he's uh, hasn't been quite as sharp as as the the brilliant goaltender we've known, the Vesna Trophy winner we've known for the last few years, and I think it's um, it's one of those things where. Um, both teams are going to try to do exactly the same team, manage ice time, try to get guys ready, but not overtax guys. And um, it's, it's going to be a tough sell to say, we got to go out and win this game. And uh, that, that might be the biggest challenge for both these teams before the first round of the playoffs because, you know, everybody's already, you know, locked in. Um, you know, you could say Boston on the other side um, doing that, but they're going to be playing a team that's going to be playing playoff hockey for a month before they get into the uh, the first round. So it um, it's going to be an interesting dynamic, I think, down the stretch just to who sits, who plays, what line combinations come up. I think we're probably going to have to wait till Ryan O'Reilly gets back before we get a real good feel of what we're going to see in game one. Boy, we, we're close to the end of this segment. We've, we've talked about a lot of things, but not the seven defensemen that played tonight. Kind of a non-story, isn't it? Yeah, it's funny when you win, it's not a story, you know, and you lose, and it's like, well, you know, the guys aren't getting reps, are you going to go back to uh, the forwards? But, um, you know, I, I like what Keefe has done, and, you know, we talk about who's who's going to rest and who's going to play. Well, now we've seen Riley sit as a healthy scratch. Uh, Mark Giordano sat. Um, T.J. Brody, I think, could have played against the Islanders, but they said it was, you know, was nursing um, a shot block that he had in Ottawa in the second period. So um, I, I think you're going to see, um, you know, kind of a, a merry-go-round of players in and out of the lineup over the last uh, few weeks. And um, as, as Sheldon keeps head, try to get everybody interested. But, uh, man, do I like Luke Shen in the lineup. You know, we saw him a couple of times at the, you know, drilled guys at the uh, at the blue line and then followed it up with some scrums in behind the net. Um, when you start talking about the postseason, I mean, that's that's the kind of warrior that I'd want in front of me. I think it would be a waste to have him on your team and not have him in the lineup, especially when you saw the way the game went tonight. When the Leafs had a lead, all of a sudden Matthew Kachuk, he starts running around. He's taking liberties at um, TJ Brody, and then Radko Gudis starts doing his thing. Like I thought Gudis and, and Lafferty... Like Lafferty's not going to go back at Gudis, but there was a few times where Gudis has taken runs at him. And like you can see that teams understand that that's part of the game plan when you play against the Leafs, like getting in guys' grills like that. But Luke Shen, to your point, for every time Radko Gudis maybe takes a late hit at a guy, there's Luke Shen doing it to someone on Florida. And I think that goes a long way. So it would be a waste to have him you know, not playing. I feel like if you slot him properly, you get the most out of him. And then looking at the other players on the back end, you know, it's not like it's almost like you, you micromanage everyone right now. Like Morgan Riley sits, like you talked about Giordano sits, like who's going to get the upper hand between Lilligren and Hall. It, it seems like there's, there's a lot that's still to be determined, Ralphie. And then it's like, okay, now we're running into, well, we're, we're tinkering with the lines and we're doing a lot with the lines to, to, to see what we have. And now it's going to run into um, load management. Like, at what point do we say, okay, there's no more load management, there's no more tinkering, like we're saying, this is the lines, these are the deep pairs, and we got to give this some runway. Yeah, and you know what, I don't even know if, you know, if you're going to find that out in the last week of the season, you know, that uh, you might say, okay, here's here's lineup ABC, 
we're going to have to go through the last few games to figure out what, what we have that's best. And let's not forget when we were talking about Luke Shen and what he did. Uh, Jake McCabe, when he jumped in on Tyler Myers after a hit on John Tavares in Vancouver, uh, you know, again, was something that you're going, a lot of times that wouldn't have happened depending on who was on the ice. So, of course, not, um, no. you know, that's, that's, I think, you know, those are two guys for me that, um, you know, if the postseason is in fact a war, I mean, we can talk about foot speed and, and everything else, but, um, you know, usually it's a war of attrition as much as anything in the playoffs. Ralphie, thanks for hanging around. Appreciate hey, it. Thanks boys. That's Jim Ralph. Thank you. Uh, and uh, on the way out, uh, Frankie C. Uh, and Austin Matthews would be the only one to disagree with us. It's good he wasn't hit with the puck in the wrist. Yeah, big, big time. I, I think he got it somewhere maybe uh, not the most pleasant area, but I think he would take it there rather than the wrist, considering the way things have gone for him with that wrist and how he's really heating up right now. It was voice-altering. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> Did he take the, the, the helium... Uh... <laughs> you take some helium. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll uh, sit on that one for a bit. 6-2, the Leafs went over the Florida Panthers. This is Leafs game night on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the iHeartRadio app, and the Leafs radio network. Leafs win 6-2 in Florida, and uh, we'll move on on their road trip and play Carolina on Saturday and Nashville on Sunday before returning home to face the aforementioned Florida Panthers. And they're going to see them two more times before the end of the regular season. Leafs game night postgame show. Jim Taddy and Frankie Corrado with you. Frankie, just going to like, kick this around. I, I agree with what Ralphie said about you know getting the lines and, and that, that lineup all set. I, I don't know that it happens. And, and even if it did happen in a week's time and it all worked and you won a couple of games, then you'd you know get into load management. It, really, this is you know you look at all the options. You set the lineup for game one of the playoffs, and, and you know uh, A, B, C, D, and E and what your options are, and that's when you do it. I, this is, for me, I think they already know what it is, but they're looking at different things i do agree they definitely know what they want to do they know what um in their mind would work well and let's be honest like you can play the the game the whiteboard game right where you start mixing and matching and making your lines and i'm pretty sure we can all figure it out and have a pretty good idea as well i just think there's a certain mindset behind it too like i'm and listen i'm of the belief that if players are nursing injuries and have some ailments some some bumps and bruises you give them time to rest and it's only going to help it's not going to do them any harm there's just a certain mindset and i think john cooper talked about it last year with his team in tampa going into the playoffs where he was like I i'm not really going to load manage guys if guys are available and able to play i'm just going to keep them in the lineup because i want them to have and i'm paraphrasing of course but this was the sentiment like he wanted them to have that kind of tunnel vision mentality where they were really focused on what was the task at hand and he didn't want anyone to let off the gas and you know, when you yeah. kind of follow their playoff journey last year, it was a struggle for Tampa to get past Toronto. And you can make the argument that as much as they beat Tampa, the Leafs beat them, or sorry, as much as the Tampa Bay beat the Leafs, the Leafs beat themselves in that series and yeah. really opened the door for Tampa Bay. And then after that series, it was like Tampa kind of got a, a new sense of a, a newfound life and a rejuvenation as the playoffs went on. But that was a hard series for them. So I, I, I'm more coming at it from, from that point of view, right? Like we, we go from tinkering with lines, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work, and you want to have that kind of, mindset and mentality set going into the playoffs rather than okay now we know it works 
We have about five, six games left. Now we're going to do a little load management, and that still involves some tinkering. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, there's just a yeah. mindset there that everyone needs to get get acclimated with. And, and I agree with that from, from Cooper's standpoint because that was a team that had won two straight Stanley Cups. So that, that's, that's a little different. What I think that the Leafs must do and they are doing is finding alternatives um, just because, you know, we're talking about the Leafs, but we, we haven't talked about the team they're going to be playing. And, and assuming it's Tampa, you have to factor in what Tampa's going to do, uh, and then you have to be able to counter it. And I think if you go back over certainly the Tampa series and the Montreal series, there was a point there where the Leafs, for whatever reason, stopped adjusting, and it cost them yep. the series both times. So you have to have those answers that, that when you're down in a series and you need something to do, you have the other option. And I think that's what they're looking at here. Yes, absolutely. And this team, this Leafs team, as we've seen from the trade deadline, uh, the players they've acquired, even the, the internal growth from a lot of the players that were here before that, um, you can see that they're well-equipped to handle that more and more. And, um, you know, I, I think if you take a look at some of the maybe underlying numbers, you can you can see that with the smaller sample size, maybe there's some areas of the, of the Leafs team game that has maybe slipped. But I, I don't think that's something that... I, I'm too concerned with because when you look at the way the team has grown throughout the course of the season and we're, we're seeing some of the, you know, some of the, it, Ralphie talked about it, the way this team bounces back, whereas in the past it may have been a two, three game slide and the game really slips. It's not that anymore. The, like tonight's a great example of the team with a big bounce back performance, you know, with travel, with, you know, certain um, aspects of their game that they know they, they needed to improve on and they went out and did it. So I think that speaks a lot to the mindset of the team and the fact that they know they can uh, bounce back. So, Jimmy, there, there's a lot of good signs around this team right now. Yeah. And, like, let's take the Tampa Bay Lightning, for example. They just lost 7-2 to Ottawa tonight. Like, what do you think the, the, the post-game show is like for the Lightning right now where they I, lose to I, Montreal, I they lose well, to Ottawa? That, that's just a tough situation because you've had the success. I mean, you've, you've been in, what, three Stanley Cup finals. You've won two of them. Um, and so how do you, like, how do you sort of crack the whip in, in that particular case? I, they've done everything. So you have to yeah. sort of let them find their way, but, but they For may sure. be emo emotionally and physically exhausted, right? Absolutely. And, and it's hard to crack the whip. And you talked about it, how, how much they've been through, how much they've won, like, how much more motivation is there for them? We can say that. Fans can say that. You know who can't say that is the players in the room, right? And I think yep. that's kind of what I'm talking about, the fact that they need to go into whatever series it's going to be with Tampa Bay knowing that or thinking that it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be hard. Tampa kind of knows the recipe on how to beat us. And, like, you can't go into that series thinking, okay, well, maybe – Hedman hasn't had the season that he he's he's accustomed to having and he's not moving the way he normally does because when you start thinking maybe there's an easy way out or an easy way through that's when it comes back to bite you and maybe in the past those were times where you know you go into a game six thinking all right we got two cracks at it or you go into Montreal game five like we got three cracks at it surely we're, we'll get it done it's like that's the urgency and that's the urgency they showed tonight like right off right off the bat this was the Leafs game, and it was right from Matt Murray right on through, led by Austin Matthews, yeah. Mitch Marner, all the star players. Like They really carried their way tonight, and, and the urgency that maybe we saw from William Nylander against the Islanders that Sheldon Keefe talked about after that game, 
And I think that really permeated through the rest of the group, and we really, we really saw that in this game. Well, let's go back to the pregame show. We talked about some players that have been um, just, I guess the best word is inconsistent, uh, and these are high-level players. Uh, look at what they did tonight. Nylander, Marner's not inconsistent, but he was there tonight, and he's icing on the cake to what Matthews, Tavares, and Bunting and Nylander did. I mean, that's, you know, those are your best players, and they all were their best players tonight. Yeah, they, they were. And you know what? The auxiliary players were excellent around them. Like we talked about yeah. Cali Yarncroft in the game that he had. Like he was he was a handful. And listen, he's, well, you know he's not the biggest guy. He's not the strongest guy. But he's hanging around in and around the front of the net. And he screens the goaltender Bobrovsky. And Matthews gets his first goal. And then if you watch Matthews' second goal, like, yeah, Matthews' skill and will is on full display. But there's Yarncroft in front of the net again, kind of being a distraction, being a pain. And, um, you know, that opens up a little room for the star players. So um, that's that's the thing that excites me, Jimmy, is the fact that the star players do their thing. Like Matthews has been really consistent. Marner has been really consistent. William Nylander, after, you know, maybe a, a little bit of time, a few games at the most where he's pissed off at, um, and he, those are his words, not mine, or he's pissed off at the way he's playing. He comes back and shows a lot of urgency. I think John Tavares showed that as well. Um, you know, it's just good signs, and I think you, you drag some players along with you. The other thing that stands out is the face-offs. Like, the Leafs get two goals off face-offs tonight. And in the past, how many times have you and I come on to the intermissions or the post-game show and talked about, yeah, they just weren't face-off ready. Like, I don't know. Like, they yeah. lost the coverage. Like, go back to the game against the Islanders on Tuesday where it's a four-on-four goal right off the face-off and it's in the back of the net because yeah. guys mixed up the coverage. It's nice to see the Leafs be on the winning end of a, a couple good face-off plays and scoring goals from it. Well, and when that happens, I mean, clearly the coaching staff's not happy, but that's got to deflate your team. It does, yeah. Any Anytime you get scored on right off a face-off, it is a big-time deflation because everyone knows their roles and responsibilities on a face-off. And if you don't, likely, like, you should be having a little bit of a chat. That was one of the things I really noticed when Mark Giordano came over to this team. And I think Jason Spezza, the same could be said about him last yeah. year. Like, a lot of chatter on face-offs, a lot of chatter with whoever's next to him, understanding, okay, if we lose it, you know you're going there. If we win it, you know what the breakout play is right and um, I, I think that that does go a long way because if, if you're not on the same page and you're kind of guessing that's where you get that tentative do I go do you go I'm going to stay in front of the net I don't want to get caught but once everyone's on the same page it's like all right all systems are a go and the same can be said for defensively as offensively as shown tonight where you know Austin Matthews scores a goal off a of faceoff William Nylander and everyone involved in that faceoff understood their roles responsibilities where to go and how to make things happen okay let's go back to the blue line uh, as you were saying earlier Shen has to pl has to play and there's no argument about that in fact when everybody realized it would be Tampa in the first first round i think that you know that Shen was was uh, even before he was acquired had to, you had to get him because you need that edge would you ever play 11 and 7 in a in a playoff game against Tampa well that's the thing that's intriguing right because and this is where the d conversation really adds another layer because you obviously have your four non-negotiables in the lineup, Jimmy, right? Like it's Riley, it's Brody, it's Giordano, and McCabe. And then that was dangerous. Have... I was drinking some water when you did that. That was dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, you got your non-negotiables. And as much as 7D yeah. can be an odd look, 
and it has been oh. an odd look. Tonight, it was really good for them. Like, the 70 was really good, and we didn't notice anything. Like, we didn't notice any lapses, any big breakdowns. No. They did a really good job of keeping everyone to the outside. With that being said, it's nice to have Luke Shen in the lineup because of that dynamic. And then if you play six, okay, who's your guy that's out? It's either Hall or Lilligren that's out of the lineup. So, yeah. you know, if you don't want to have to make that decision, if you want all three of those guys in there plus your four non-negotiables, it's like, okay, maybe you are going 11-7. and seven. I'm at the point now where as much as I don't like 11-7, and seven, when you see a game like tonight and you see Luke Shen have a strong night and you see the seven D-men play really well together, everyone's, you know, in sync and on the same page, you're like, Okay, I can live with that. Like I can live with that if those guys play that way and the forwards play that way. It's just, you know, what what 7D are you going to get? Are you going to get the 7D that are scrambly and maybe a little Jekyll and Hyde? Or are you going to get the seven guys that are really strong and can lock it down and, um, you know, play to their strengths? Okay, let's debate that. I, I just find that against a, a team like Tampa that has a pretty good fourth line, um, they would just roll roll those lines and wear you down. I, I don't think that's a good strategy in a playoff series. Well, I mean, it really depends what, what Tampa is going to be all about. Like, Kucherov is having a monster year, Braden Point monster year, right? But you you, you got to go head-to-head with certain lines, and I understand that. And I don't love 11-7. and seven. I'm not advocating for 11-7. and seven. All I'm saying is maybe we can see it. And Mitch, yeah. the the thing the thing you'll have you know working for you, I guess, if you wanted to do that, is you'll have an extra slot available for Mitch Marner to play a little more ice time, right? Like, how many times have we seen Mitch Marner's ice time after a game, and there he is at 22 minutes, and he's you know had a really strong game. Like tonight, he played 2017, and it just felt like it was almost like a walk in the park for Marner tonight. Like he's had harder games to play, but he made like he makes it look so easy and smooth, so smooth. So maybe you get Mitch Marner out there a little more. Like I said, I'm not advocating for it. I don't think 11 and 7 is the best way to go, but I I would be hard-pressed to believe that Sheldon Keefe doesn't have it in the back of his mind thinking, "Okay, if I really want to get Luke Shen 12 minutes or 11 and a half minutes of ice time, I don't know. Maybe I have to go eleven and seven. Like Justin Hall played nineteen and a half minutes tonight. Timothy Lilligren only played ten fifty two. I think that's what speaks yeah. a little more to me is the fact that Lilligren's playing a little bit less, and we're seeing you know not as much consistent play from him. Like if if they're going to go with six D, for me Lilligren's probably on the outside looking in with the way he's playing right now, and the body of work. It's still a coin flip between Hall and Lilligren. So I, I don't know. If Shen is in the lineup, maybe Lilligren's out. It's really hard to say. There, There is still you know, a, a decent amount of games left before the end of the season for them to decide that. Well, and that completes the circle to what I was saying earlier about you get all these looks, and you know, a lot of the decisions are based on you know, what game of the series are we talking about, what's the series score, and, and how have the previous games been played. But, I mean, th- those are alternate looks, which is something they would never have uh, been able to say in the past. No, exactly, right? So it, it's nice that you have a few more looks to throw at other teams, and, you know, you have that luxury. So, listen, having the tools is great utilizing the tools i think that's you know that's where you really see a coach kind of put his print on a team jimmy you could have an awesome espresso machine but and you can have the best beans 
But, man, I don't know. If you don't know how to use that machine, your espresso is going to suck. And I don't think your espresso sucks. I think you have a pretty good um, knowledge of how to do things like that. So I, I, would trust you to make, I would trust you to make me an espresso if I ever came by your place. You know, we just did non-negotiable layers with an odd look, so I, I don't know, you know, where, what that leaves us to do over the rest of the post-game show, but we'll continue on. This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. Leafs Game Night, Jim Taddy and Frank Corrado with you. One of the storylines tonight, Matt Murray, solid performance, 34 saves, two goals uh, allowed uh, on the 36 shots, and one of them came after a stupendous acrobatic stop where the puck somehow was detected over the goal line while in his glove and so if he just turned his hand they wouldn't have seen it but nonetheless <laughs> i don't think he turned his hand but from how he'd moved around but uh, post game sheldon keith on matt murray's performance guys did a really good job in front of him i think that's important i mean that's a very very dynamic offensive team that we played against and we really limited their opportunities but uh anything that did kind of break free or look dangerous he made it look uh, easy so, really like that. I mean, obviously, even the first one that they get, you know, it, it goes in, but not really because he stays with it, he tracks it, and he's there. So, he looked really good. How important is it this time of year to be able to close out games, especially against teams that you know are going to be pretty desperately pushing? Yeah, very important. I mean, we've been talking a lot about a lot about that and putting ourselves in a position to win and then finishing the job. So, you know, we've had some some great efforts like this one. Here, obviously, you know the Ottawa not closing that one out the way that we did. That one stung. Uh, wanted to do a, a better job here tonight. And again, it's a great challenge because of the weapons that they have and how they play and how skilled they are. But I thought our guys did a real nice job of really giving them nothing in the third period. And then through that, you get your own opportunities to extend your lead, and we did. So it was great. You mentioned that you thought Nylander looked more like himself in the game in Long Island. Then tonight, he gets rewarded with a goal. Nice to see there, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. He was uh, skating again, moving the puck well. He goes to the net to get a goal. I, I thought John Tavares was excellent uh, tonight as well. Uh, so when those guys are playing well individually, the line, of course, is going to get going. So, you know, between those two and, you know, you know Bunce gets one on the five on three, but that's all three of those guys getting a goal. Kerf gets on the board. Obviously, Austin has a big night. Uh, so I thought it's a, it's a great collective win. What do you like about Yarnko up with Matthews? Well, he, he's just, he's, he's fit in really well. I mean, he's, his skill set, he plays with poise. He can make a play. He's willing to shoot the puck, you know, and he gets himself in good spots to shoot it. He's not afraid. He, you know, he, he, he doesn't. I'm not gonna say he doesn't care that he's with playing with Austin and these other guys, but he he's he's in a spot to shoot and score. He's gonna shoot and score, so you like that. But his game is so efficient. Like he forechecks, he tracks, he's good in defense of his own walls, he's uh, he just he works, he plays a smart game. So you know, one of the things that you know, sometimes you, you don't think about is that if you're going to play with Austin and Mitch, you're going to get really difficult matchups. So it's not just about being able to make a play or to score or produce. You've got to be able to defend and play against the other team's best people. And Yarny does that for us no matter where he's in the lineup. So uh, it makes sense to me that he's done a good job in that place. You mentioned the five on three. We're excited to finally get one. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long wait. <laughs> it's been a long wait for one, for sure. So we're glad, we're glad to get it. And glad you know it doesn't doesn't go in the way you're going to draw it up. But uh, thanks for the guys that come through. It's an important time in the game. 
Gustafson gets nearly 18 minutes. A lot of that is power play time. What did you make of you know some of the other guys who are probably not getting as many minutes, kind of taking their opportunity? Yeah, I think that's that's what you're looking for, right? That's that's part of where we're at here with being healthy and you know you give uh, Riley the night off tonight so you're going to lean on Gus a little bit more which is a good chance for him to get comfortable and show his skills I thought he moved the puck really well very clean on the power play uh, played played more minutes at five on five too so uh, you know everything with the penalty in the third period I thought he did a good job with are you considering, you know, maybe sort of resting other guys down the stretch here in the last eleven? Well, we'll we'll look at it. This this little phase of the schedule for sure is something we've we've talked about, and, and we we Kyle and I met with the the, the, the all the defensemen, you know, what it would be now a week or two ago, and and uh, told them that this this was going to be coming, and I think we've kind of gone down the list of guys pretty much here. It's been a busy stretch of the in the schedule, as I said. Uh, before the game, you know, Riley just played five five games in nine nights, and it's a good break for him. We have a back-to-back upcoming here, so I think you'll see more of that trend continue. That is Sheldon Keefe post-game. So, you know, we were talking a lot, Frankie C., about alternate looks. Uh, Yarncroke up with Matthews and Marner is a, a nice breaking story, and, and Gustafson, uh, you know, power play time uh, with, with uh, Morgan Riley out is is a nice development too, isn't it? It is, and, you know, he was more than just a power play guy tonight. I thought he did a good job of moving the puck at five-on-five, and it it almost seems like he uses, like, a a little bit of a longer stick out there, so it gives him a little more range. Like, I saw him get his stick on a few pucks, kind of poking things away, and although he's not the most physical guy, like, I think he, he, he plays good enough defensively that you can trust him. He's not a matchup guy, but you can trust to have him on the ice, really, like more than I thought. I, I thought he was a little more one-dimensional, just going to be a, a strictly a power play guy and, and really d- one-dimensional. But he, but he did a good job, and um, you know he, he's shown to be pretty versatile at five-on-five. Five. And I think the, the time tonight, the time on ice, yeah, there's a lot of power play time in there, but that's a pleasant surprise when you pick someone up and, and you're thinking you're getting something and, and you get a little bit more, and I think that's that's been the case with Gustafson. Here's the one thing I notice about him as well, and it's on the power play, and I know he's got a one-timer, and I can see him kind of winding up for it a little bit, but it feels like he really defers to the half-wall guys being Marner and Matthews, and I think no matter who you put on the power play, I think whoever that is, they're always going to want to defer to those guys. They're just so good, and they, you know, there's there's so much skill there. It's hard to be a power play guy and just start ripping one-timers from the point when you have a guy next to you who scored 60 goals last year and a guy on the other side that can basically get 100 points on any given season. Yeah, totally agree with that. I mean, why wouldn't you defer to them? They've been pretty successful. Uh, but when now we're talking about Gustafson, it gets back to that that's the sixth defenseman. That's still a tough call, isn't it? It is a tough call, right? Because you and I just kind of went through seven defensemen that we thought could play, <laughs> yeah. should play on any given night, and Gustafson wasn't in that mix. I mean, I, I think that speaks to the, the depth of this team and the quality of players that they have. They've never had this much depth on defensemen. Not since I was on the team, Jimmy, as the eighth guy, has, have they had this much depth on the team. So it, it really, you know, it's been a long time coming. So I'm really happy they got back yeah. to this point. Me too. <laughs> yes, I'm, uh, I'm, very, I'm joking around. But, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's nice to have these options for sure. And that's going to be the hardest part. Like, the hardest part is going to be, okay, like you have, let's say you have six guys you're ready to go with you believe those are your six guys and that's it or do you make a change early on in a series like and it's going to be the same conversation with the goaltenders as well as Samsonov has played 
Matt Murray was excellent tonight. And yes, yeah, Samsonov, maybe you can trust him a little more to be healthy and available. But man, if, if that's the kind of performance Matt Murray is going to give you here down the stretch, I, I wonder how close of a call he kind of makes it here for the coaching staff when it comes to game night, game, game one of the playoffs. Well, let's end it on this, because I know you'll give a, a thorough answer. Um, if the Leafs had these kind of second looks or options on their roster last year or the year before, we're not talking about first-round exits, are we? It's interesting, because remember last year they started Clifford and they started Simmons, and those guys, you know, Simmons took a lot of penalties, Clifford got kicked out of the game, and then they kind of went to the lineup more with the Engvall-type player, and they kind of got rid of that sandpaper. There was a point in that series when you and I, I think looked at each other and said, okay, it's time to bring those guys back into the series. But they were, they were kind of staunch in their point in saying, no, this is what we think is right. And I wonder if they're going to be like that this year. I wonder if they're going to have their roster. They think, no, 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 this is the right one. We believe over the course of a seven-game series, whatever our numbers tell us, this is correct. Or maybe they're going to be a little quicker to pull the trigger this year. It'll be interesting to see if, if, if it's a different mindset or it's the same mindset. But it's a different-looking team. It's a deeper-looking team. And ultimately, it's a better-looking team, Jimmy. Frankie, you should take the rest of the night off. You put in a long day. Jimmy, I'm going to watch Matthew Nyes' game. It's uh, the end of the second period, and then I'm going to do a thorough recap for you. Okay, appreciate that. This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network.